to keep the podcast to where it's family friendly. You can listen to it with your kids in the car. Not this one. This one is not going to be appropriate for the kids, I don't think. So um, if you've got them in the car with you right now, just move on to something else and come back to it. It is a topic that we need to be talking about about with our children, though. So um, today's topic is freedom from porn addiction. And I was doing a little bit of research, looked up a few things just to prepare for the interview today. And I found out that there's a lot more pornography consumption going on in this country than I think we're aware of. I read that 86 to 96% of men consume porn and that women aren't that far behind them. So uh, with no further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest who's going to come on. He's a recovering porn addict, and I'm so happy that he's willing to come on and talk to us about this issue that we need to talk about. We need to talk about it, and I don't hear people talking about it. Uh, My guest is Daniel Lute. He's a Christian entrepreneur, advocate for the nuclear family, and he is all about a self-sustaining compound lifestyle. You can see uh, by his flag in the back that he is a proud American. And I'm very happy to have you here today, Daniel. Thank you so much for coming on Freedom Chunky Radio. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I want to touch on one thing right out the gate. This is not a topic that is easy for people to talk about in public, in private, in family members. So absolutely, I would reinforce the warning. If you have children present, Listen to this podcast another time. In the last, I would say, five years, we're seeing the results of very hypersexualized first world society, and we're seeing the fallout from it. Divorces are at all time high. Relationships aren't working out. Men are turning to pornography, uh, sex dolls, um, escorts, OnlyFans models, rather than engaging in direct relationships with women. Okay, so did the, the in these relationships, did they know that you were consuming porn or was that hidden? No, everyone knew. Everyone knew I was consuming porn. At that point, this, we're talking mid-2000s, porn is so commonplace. Everyone does it. Everyone masturbates. Everyone's got sex toys. Everyone's just consuming it. It's just for some reason in my my millennial generation, we all assume everyone masturbates. When I tell folks that I've quit porn and I've quit masturbating, they look at me with bug eyes. They're like, what? You don't even masturbate? I'm like, no. No, it's part of the problem inside the brain. I would lay the blame at pornography for introducing a lot of unhealthy sexual behaviors and um, exploration with partners because you could share that with each other and say, hey, I like this, I want to do this, but it's not healthy because you're not exploring your partner, you're not exploring your lover, you're putting your partner up against an actor who's getting paid money to fake a thing and then you're expecting them to measure up to this psychologically manifested experience you think you're going to have. So I was talking to one of my teenage sons about porn and in porn addiction. I think I was talking about giving this interview 
And they said, how do you get addicted to porn? I know they're thinking addiction. You know, they don't have addiction They're They haven't had alcohol. They haven't had drugs. So, and I said, it is an addiction to the chemicals that your own brain are creating. And it's probably more than just dopamine. It's other chemicals. It's the, the neurotransmitters that are, that's another word I've learned for um, hormones that our brains create when you're aroused and you get addicted to that. It's like, why do you get high when you go shopping? When you're like, hey, got a new pair of shoes and you get that. I guess it's dopamine. I don't, I'm not a scientist. I don't know these things, but it's- I'm not a scientist, but I've spent three years hammering into this and you've hit the nail on the head. Dopamine, even soft porn. I don't, there's no such thing as safe porn. There's no such thing. Let me just lay that out the two. No such thing as safe porn. Softcore, hardcore, kinky, BDSM, vanilla, lesbian, doesn't matter. It's all bad for your brain. It will wire you to respond to screens and pixels and sounds. And it just creeps up because the thing about the brain chemicals is it requires more. It requires more. The threshold always rises. And this is where the addict part people don't understand. Pornography addiction is just that a chemical addiction. It's not a habit. It's a mental chemical addiction. And it progresses because the requires a higher threshold of alcohol to get the same buzz because you develop a tolerance to the dopamine you and the receptors start turning off due to the massive amounts of flushes that you're producing consistently with masturbating drinking whatever you end up having to consume much more raunchier material which is where you get people looking into bdsm bestiality you're looking at transgender pornography you're looking at um orgy type parties anonymous type hookups and then there are people who act this out sex addicts has been noted to be a thing but i think the two are kind of interlinked but it's just depend on whether or not you have the desire charisma drive to go out and act out these fantasies with people or to find people as you age you don't realize that you've developed a chemical addiction your brain that has repeatedly hardwired itself and you don't realize until it's too late that you need 42 beers and a fifth of whiskey to get that drunk which in porn terms you are consuming some seriously raunchy stuff that you would be mortified and ashamed to share with anyone. But see, then that has to make you feel so bad about yourself at a deep, deep level. If you're, cons- I met a man who had to who who was on the verge of tears because he was explaining to me that he was masturbating to bestiality pornography, specifically dogs having sex with women, and I had to look at him and say. There's plenty of people out there making it. You're not the only one consuming it. You feel ugly and disgusting, don't you? He's like, yes. I haven't even talked. People know about my porn addiction, he says, but I haven't even told them about that. I'm like, you're not a bad person. You're sick, just like the alcohol going to do far down. The catch is no one in society is going to look at an alcoholic who is consuming two-fifths of whiskey a night and say he's a disgusting individual. But the man using sex or a terrible pariah of it, a ghost shell of it, and masturbating to a woman being penetrated by a dog is going to, they're going to shun him. He is broken. He is disgusting. He is shattered. And there is a stigma about pornography that people are afraid to talk about in public, which again, I'm here to talk about it, but I'm not going to share my personal bit of what I've been through. It is something that people need to learn to talk about but the level of disgust is what keeps people from looking for help because it corrupts what God intended us to share as a husband and wife. 
and it produces a toxic self-loathing cycle where you can masturbate to something truly kinky and disgusting and horrendous or just low grade. You just feel gross because you're masturbating instead of having sex. It could be just heterosexual missionary for the sake of having a baby. You're watching it and then you feel terrible because you're not the one having sex. The shame level is about the same. The guilt level is about the same. It's just so taboo to talk about, which keeps so many people in the dark and unwilling to go to their spouse and say, I have a problem. They won't go to a therapist and say I have a problem. They won't go to their preacher and say I have a problem. Mm-hmm. The shame keeps people from okay, going. And I want to bring to people's attention. There's a book out there called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And I highly recommend it. You can start reading this book with your children at a very, at a relatively young age, because kids, like you said, are finding porn at a very young age. And what it does is it arms them with what to do when they see the bad pictures. There's good pictures, pictures of you on vacation, pictures of the dog under the tree. There's, there's good pictures. There's most pictures are good pictures. Then there's the bad pictures, which are when you see people, what they make you feel a little uncomfortable. It's people, naked people. It's, it's not explicit. It just, it, they, they, it makes it clear to the kids that when they see that thing that they know they shouldn't be looking at, there's something wrong with it. You may not have even had a sex talk with the kid yet. They don't know what sex is, that what to do. And they're supposed to shut the device and go talk to the person that's in charge of them, whether that's mom or grandma, babysitter, teacher, whatever, say, I saw this. And then they have to learn something called turning on their thinking brain. So we have two sides of our brain. We have, and it's true. We have an emotional brain and a thinking brain. And usually our, our emotional brain takes over. It's the one when your buddy says, Hey, you want a beer? You go, Hell yeah. And you don't think you emotionally. So that's what happens when people see porn, even if it it's unintentional, it came across their screen, their, their emotional brain goes, huh, I think I'm going to watch this because I think I want to see what happens. And it, but if they can stop and let your thinking brain turn on and go, you know what? I don't want that beer. If I'm think about it, I really don't. I've got things to do. I've got to go somewhere this evening. I need to drive, whatever. Same thing with porn. You can go, hold on, let me think about this. Nah, I don't want to look at this. So we've taught our kids to not look at it. And I've also told them that it will ruin their sex life with their wife one day, that they will have ED. They will not be able to perform unless they're looking at raunchy stuff. You mentioned guilt and shame earlier. There's an amazing um, um, gradient written by a man named Hawkins, David Hawkins, I believe. Have you ever seen it? it? It starts with guilt and shame are the lowest frequencies we have. And he managed to figure out where we vibrate frequencies um, and, and it goes up from guilt and shame to pride and jealousy and d- different things all the way up to starting where it becomes positive. And it moves on up to forgiveness and compassion, joy, and these frequencies where you we are vibrating at the frequencies that our mind and our heart that are in us. And so people, you'll talk, you'll hear people talking about raising their frequency. Well, what can you do? You can eat uh, quality food. You can get in the sun. You can rest. You can take a hot bath. You can go for, you know, exercise. Certainly looking at porn is probably the, one of the lowest frequency things you can do. So the opposite of the Christ frequency. See, I still have a problem with it being, um, being available I I believe I am a huge, the tiniest government possible person. 
I, I don't, government's my least favorite thing ever. Yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole other discussion. I, I really believe that, you know, Tom Renz is right when he said that the biggest hoax ever pulled over on humanity is government. I'm there. However, if someone were giving loaded guns to children, I think that there's that should be we shouldn't accept that as a society, whether a government needs to get involved. I don't know. I I had I used to teach music and I had a student um, come in and say, I have a Twitter account. And he was he had just turned 13. And I thought you, you can have a Twitter account at 13 and you have one. And I knew I did, I was on Twitter for years before I knew that there was any porn on Twitter. But some but some porn account. Major, yeah, we can talk about that. Hardcore porn, like the likes of which I've never seen before, followed me. And so I went, I saw them and I clicked on it and I went there and I was blown away. I told the other mothers I knew because they were their kids had Twitter. I'm like, you can't like Twitter. I don't, I don't understand that. I it used to drive me bananas. I really pretty much quit using Twitter because I'm totally shadow banned on there. But I found a lady who was there's also child porn on Twitter. But porn is just so available to the children and for the children who have parents who can help them navigate it, they might have a chance of not screwing up all their relationships in the future and, and screwing up their life. Um, Dave Ramsey, the guy who helps people get out of debt, he, I heard him say, um, there are three things that will ruin your life. Drugs, porn, and credit cards. And while I might agree that porn is disgusting, it corrodes men, it corrodes women, it corrupts sex lives, it ruins families. It has ruined generations at this point. I have met everyone from 60-year-old men getting divorces at 45 years of marriage because the wife found out the husband's into porn to 16-year-olds rolling into meetings trying to figure out how to handle their porn addiction. Um, it is hitting everyone, but I don't think banning it with an absolute hammer is the right approach because – you come to the same thing where we should ban other forms of speech because I disagree with them. I agree with you. I touche that we shouldn't take the hammer approach to things. I agree with what you said about, uh, you know, whoever gets in office can't just say, well, I don't like this and whatever. I totally agree with that. However, we have come together as a society and put age limits on the consumption of alcohol, of drugs, I do not think that porn should be pumped across the internet into every home in America. I think you should have to go down to that triple X adult nasty place where you have to get out of the car and show your face and walk in and be that guy. And so you can still go get your porn. It still could be free speech in a way. A lot of people don't realize that you're not giving up anything. You're not giving up smoking. You're not giving up drinking. You're not giving up porn. You're getting yourself back. When they say recover, everyone called it recovery, but analyze that word recovery. It means something was lost. There was something there and it was taken away from you or you gave it away. Because I'm a big believer in taking personal responsibility. I give it away every time I use porn. It just, it, I was giving myself to the screen. I wasn't giving myself to a wife. I was giving myself to a, to a porn company that was monetizing me for ad revenue. I gave myself away. People give themselves to alcohol and they go hook up or they get blasted in there in the jail, whatnot. You're giving yourself away. Recovery. You find that piece of yourself again. 
you find that chunk of you that you think's been missing and it's always been there just wait for you to put it back in place and get me that's christ i found that chunk of me and i recovered who i'm supposed to be celebrate recovery is a way to find that you can still be loved even though everyone around you is raining down on you in your own life and you need a place to feel safe and to start the healing process I mean that from the bottom of my heart to start the healing process and feel safe and to develop some self-worth, find that, find that group, be willing to get vulnerable and be willing to find out there are people who will love you, support you and help you walk down this path. That book out of the shadows can help you see that you're not alone in this and you can heal and change um, your behavior and there is hope on the other side. It is absolutely doable. And realizing that there is a monkey that you're feeding and it's not actually helping you and then letting that monkey starve to death and then realizing you have so much more charisma, libido, energy, drive, and just life seems to, the trees are greener, the sky smells, it looks prettier, the air smells better because there's not this overwhelming miasma. For the men, and I'll say this right to you, you don't feel ugly when you walk up to an attractive woman or path going. You don't feel like a creeper because two, 20 minutes before they left the house, you had to crank one out. You can just talk to people and not feel disgusting and ugly. And that's free. You can go through life without the highs and lows of the dopamine spike, the delta phosphate reinforcement, and then the crash out. You can just function. Porn is an isolating addiction. Very rarely do you see the guys getting together to watch porn and jerk off together on the big screen. It is something done in isolation, in shame, and alone, and locked in the dark, with the doors shut, the windows barred, the shutters drawn. And I mean to paint a very dark and abysmal picture. That is where porn lives in the darkness. And you're isolated, and you're alone, and you're miserable. And you feel like when you come out of that, you belong back in there. Mm -hmm. And I want this, I want the people hearing this to feel this. You feel alone, like you belong locked up underneath the underneath the cupboard somewhere in the dark, and you're not worthy to come out. Because you feel you've used yourself up, given yourself away to a screen. There's there's you feel disgusting. You're hiding it from your kids, your friends, your mom, your dad, your wife, your fiance whatever it is you're trying to hide this disgusting thing and you feel like because you're an addict to this monkey you belong in there i don't think recovery from porn should be done in isolation by yourself via a podcast or a youtube episode or rumble video whatnot i believe this from the bottom of my heart as a recovering porn addict you should go to a meeting you should learn to associate and talk to other people you should go to your appropriate genders, male or female, recovery group, and learn how to interact with other people. Like I said, it's triage. You're coming out of that shadow, out of that darkness, and you're learning that there are other people also peeking out from underneath their rock who want to be social, who want to be expressive, who want to find good sex, good love, and a good integration with society. And I don't think a porn addict who does things behind locked doors and shut away in the darkness is going to get that by continuing to stay in the same physical environment they're already in. You need to push that boundary out of, of exposing yourself and your heart to other people in a safe environment. And that's my long-winded to 
go to the group meetings, learn to share. And even if you show up the five, the first time you go, hi, my name's Dan. I'm not saying anything today. By pumping porn across the internet and making it available to all human beings and destroying people's ability to, like you said, look at a woman in a normal way or whatever. They've taken away one of the most powerful and beautiful experiences, perhaps the most beautiful experience that two people can have. And that yeah. is that is the experience of sex with love and heart. And that light and that feeling and that connection, it's possible. It is absolutely possible for anyone of any age to find themselves and recover. And I want to stress this again. Sex is not the ultimate goal of your life. And I'm saying this to you guys, addicts, men and women, sex is not the most important thing in the universe. Orgasm is not the most important thing in the universe. There's a purpose for which you were created and you weren't created just to have sex. Uh, I'm going to want to speak again to a painful part in my past. And I want to give this to everyone listening, watching. Your boyfriend, your wife, your husband, your girlfriend. If they hear this or you watch this with them and you turn to them and say, do you use porn? And they say yes. And they're scared and they're terrified. And they're shaking. Their palms are sweaty. Their face is draining color, whatever reaction they're going through. And you can see it in their eyes before they answer because there's guilt is really easy to spot. We all have those triggers that you can see when someone's caught in the act or otherwise. And you can tell when someone's lying or faking. Come at it gently. Don't be disgusted. Don't be ashamed of them. It's an addiction. No alcoholic who, who wants to go home and pound two bottles of wine. That's why the man recovered and he talks about so other people can find healing. So if you find your husband is using porn behind your back, it is okay to feel hurt and betrayed and shamed. If you find your wife is using porn behind your back and you feel like you're not enough, the feelings are valid. I'm a Christian. Gentle love, open arms, invitation to healing, invitation to be loved. If you find this damage in your home and in your personal, in your children, it is not the time to scream and yell and your hands are going to grow are going to grow fur and your eyes going to fire. It is a time for love and understanding and healing. Come at it from a gentle place of love. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It is a trauma that is going to hurt, but the strength you will find growing through it and on the other side is just like recovering. You will look back at it in the past at some point in time and see how far you've come and how much closer you have because you put the work in to love each other rather than to reject each other. And I mean that. Thank you. I think that's a beautiful way to wrap it up. Thank yep. You. We're all human and that's not going to change. <laughs> Big yeah. humans. Awesome. Daniel, thank you so much. Thank for you for having me. Well, uh, you're, you're welcome and signing off freedom junkies. We're going to leave it there till next time. Adios. I live better than a king ever did. I live